Hello, Internet friend. I'm David Ravel, and this is ValueSide. For all of our articles and podcasts, visit valueside.com. Well, today, the leader of the free world abdicates. Today, the world is poised on the brink of total war. At no other time in our lives have we faced such a threat. Not one but two conflicts threaten to escalate into the first regional dispute and then possibly a thermonuclear war, a war that would engulf the entire world. I'm speaking, of course, of the wars in Ukraine and Gaza. Although the risks are incredibly grave, we seem only to get escalation from our leaders in Washington. In less than two years, Washington has gone from supplying the Ukraine military with its first advanced artillery, to anti-aircraft batteries in the form of the Patriot system, to America's main battle tank, the M1A1 Abrams tank, and now to the -the state-of-the-art F-16 fighter jet, an aircraft capable of carrying a nuclear weapon. No doubt the Russian military will treat each F-16 as if it is nuclear-armed and a threat not only to the theater of Ukraine, but also to the Russian homeland. And America seems incapable of taking a step back from either of the conflicts in Ukraine or Gaza. Indeed, the U.S. has twice vetoed the United Nations' call for a ceasefire in Gaza over the vast majority of U.N. members. Far from seeking negotiations, the rhetoric from Washington continues to become increasingly contentious. Just last week, President Biden asserted that if we don't send more military to aid, then American boys might have to fight Russian soldiers, an assertion made more plausible by the actions of the president. Likewise, Lindsey Graham, the senior senator from South Carolina, recommended that the United States should blow Iran off the map, quote-unquote, because they've supported the Houthi rebels who are now threatening shipping in the Red Sea. Neither Biden nor Graham are serious about peace. Regrettably, they are continuing the actions of a nation that has become the most warlike over the past half century. It saddens me to say this. It is, after all, my country. But in the 23 years of this new 21st century, America has been involved in no less than 13 military conflicts. As a country, we begin a new conflict every two years. These conflicts have included America's longest-lasting war, the war in Afghanistan, the Iraq War, and the recent incursion into Libya. All of these conflicts fell under the general rubric of the War on Terror, the first time this country has gone to battle against a concept instead of a country. Certainly, an amorphous justification for war, it has placed the country on its most belligerent posture ever. Now, the distinguishing factor about the conflicts in Ukraine and Gaza is that they do not involve U.S. soldiers, a fact we fervently hope will continue. Unfortunately, many of us remember the progress in the Vietnam War, where the conflict went from military support to military advisors to active U.S. boots on the ground, a regrettable circumstance that resulted in 58,000 Americans killed. Of course, The administration hopes that Americans' memories are short and that we won't remember these past escalations. Instead, we will accept their argument of an antiseptic war, one without American casualties. 
a conflict that's good for business in supporting America's vast network of defense contractors. This argument by the president's spokespeople ignores the pain and suffering in Ukraine, where over half a million have died, a staggering loss of life, and a blight on humanity. Now, one of the most intriguing aspects of the conflict in Ukraine is how it has divided the American public. Just by mentioning the word Ukraine in an article, I know that it will bring a flood of responses, both positive and negative. Over time, responses have changed from solidly pro-Ukraine war to mixed, and now possibly leaning anti-Ukraine. It reflects the different sources of information that people are receiving. Many Americans view the mainstream news outlets, and they've been solidly pro-Ukraine since the beginning. However, some European and alternative news sites have been equally anti-Ukraine war, and the comments reflect these differing sources of news. Now, we're all familiar with opinion polling. They're a survey of people's current views of a particular issue. While they're acceptable as far as they go, they're also generally hypothetical. Who will you vote for in the next election? Well, that's purely theoretical, until the vote actually occurs. Exit exit polls being the exception. However, other ways exist to measure a population's attitude towards a given issue. I consider military recruitment during a time of war as an excellent measure of whether a populace supports that war or not. Now, the current war in Ukraine shows marked differences between the three belligerents. According to the publication Military.com, the United States is currently suffering a recruiting crisis in 2023, with every major service, except for the U.S. Marine Corps, falling below their goals for the year. The Air Force saw recruitment down about 10 percent, the Army was down 15 percent, and the U.S. Navy was down an astonishing 20 percent. All these numbers are preliminary, as year-end results have yet to be released, but clearly these are not good trends. It's in Ukraine that we see the real issue with recruitment. Here, the country must replace all of those soldiers who are no longer capable of fighting, the wounded and the dead. At the same time, Ukraine must keep up with the steadily increasing number of Russian soldiers who appear on the other side of the battle lines. In his latest comments, President Zelensky indicated that Ukraine will need half a million recruits to sustain its war effort through 2024. Now, when Russia invaded Ukraine in 2022, the Ukrainian government immediately declared martial law and made every male age 18 to 60 subject to military service. Since then, Ukraine has expanded its recruitment efforts by including both women and older men. That half a million is a fascinating number, as it is both the number of recruits needed and the number of military-eligible males who have fled the country. It indicates the current war is unpopular with at least a portion of the Ukrainian population. On the other hand, Russia stands in marked contrast to either the United States or Ukraine. Whereas those two countries suffer a recruitment drought, Russia exhibits remarkable numbers of recruits. In a recent address, 
Vladimir Putin announced that 570,000 new soldiers have signed contracts with the Russian military services. Although many may claim that this is mere propaganda by the Russian leader, it does show the same consistent growth in the Russian military as exhibited one year ago during the conflict, when Russia reported they had already recruited 370,000 new soldiers. Now, as a side note, assuming these trends continue, we can project that the Russian military forces will outman the American military forces by the end of 2024 this year. The website Global Firepower estimates that at the beginning of 2023, there was only a hair's breadth difference between the U.S. military, ranked number one, and the Russian military, ranked number two. The mathematical difference, in fact, was 0.0002. This change in personnel ranking should be enough to move Russia into the number one ranking worldwide, displacing the U.S., which has held that position since World War II. Such is the tectonic shift in global military power due to the Ukraine conflict. Now, of all the nations on Earth, there is but one that holds the key to war and peace in both Ukraine and Gaza. Neither Russia nor China, both superpowers, have little to do with Gaza, and both Ukraine and Israel are eliminated because both have little to do with the other's conflict. No, the only nation that will determine the outcome of both conflicts is the United States. Without U.S. support, neither Ukraine nor Israel could pursue their respective wars. Ukraine has become entirely dependent upon the military and financial aid that America survives. It is reported that much of the Ukraine government and social programs are now operational only because of those aid packages supplied by the U.S. Congress. This over-the-top support for these two countries is the most remarkable action I have ever seen by an American government. It is a function of how deep the hatred for Russia and Hamas has grown. Mention Putin or Muslims in many circles in this country, and the profound disdain is palpable. For many in the country, and especially for our government, this country has taken sides. Russia and Hamas are not just Ukraine and Israel's enemies, they have become our enemies also. We have inserted ourselves into conflicts that are far from our own shores and distant from our own national interest. What's truly remarkable is how far we've drifted from the heartfelt advice of our first president, George Washington. In his farewell letter to the nation, Washington implored those following him from just this kind of offshore conflict. Let me read from what Washington said. Against the insidious wiles of foreign influence, and I conjure you to believe me, fellow citizens, the jealousy of a free people ought to be constantly awake, since history and experience proves that foreign influence is one of the most baneful foes of a republican government. But that jealousy to be useful must be impartial, else it becomes the instrument of the very influence to be avoided instead of a defense against it. Excessive partiality for one foreign nation and excessive dislike for another 
causes those whom they actuate to see danger only on one side and serves to veil and even second the arts of influence of the other. Real patriots, who may resist the intrigues of the favorite foreign country, are liable to become suspect and odious, while its tools and dupes usurp the applause and confidence of the people to surrender their interest. The great rule of conduct for us in regard to foreign nations is, in extending our commercial relations, to have with them as little political connection as is possible. George Washington, September 19, 1796 Today, the interests of Ukraine, Israel, and the United States have become fused into one. While it may be difficult for those within U.S. borders to see this, it is becoming increasingly apparent to the rest of the world. The latest United Nations vote for a ceasefire in Gaza had 120 nations affirm that halt in fighting, while a mere 13 countries joined the United States in voting to continue the fighting. The United States, which for generations has been the leader of the free world, has given up its mantle and cast its lot with Ukraine and Israel. The world's leader has stepped down. And that's the value side. May you have a prosperous and peaceful new year. Happy 2024.